Celebrate Father's Day with Figpin's exclusive Mandalorian Deluxe box set. This limited edition set includes five gold-plated characters from Season 1 of The Mandalorian. This is a limited-time offer this weekend only. Make sure to grab your very own before Monday, June 22nd at 5 p.m. Pacific. Get yours at StarWarsReport.com slash pins. That's StarWarsReport.com slash pins. This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Let's do the show, folks. Gum, gum, gum. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. Glad to have you on board. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. Happy uh, Father's Day weekend. It's a special early edition of the the podcast this week. Um, and you know what? I'm just not going to mess around. Let's bring him right in. He's what he's. A, I consider him a Star Wars dad of sorts. It's Mr. Scott oh, Riefen. Yeah. yeah, I'm a Star Wars dad, no doubt. Yeah, I got a Star Wars kid. That was uh, the first celebration I went to. It yeah. was just me and the boy. Oh yeah. And we, yeah, we wandered around. I didn't know anybody, didn't podcast, didn't do, you know, it was 2010 mm. and, uh, just wandered around celebration with the boy all day. And I, it was a, it was a great time. I know we've talked about it before, but I honestly forgot that, um, this, we were both at the same star Wars celebration for our first one. I also mm. did not know anybody and just walked around. Well, no, except see, I, we should have hooked up. I could, I kind of knew, I knew William Devereaux, um, but uh, that's and a couple people vaguely, vaguely. But that was pretty much it. That was all it was. But we are, um, we have kind of a fun Star Wars Father's Day theme. I guess you could say that. Um, I'm, I'm excited to kind of hit some Empire Strikes Back favorite moments with you at the end of the show. Although you're already prepared because here on the Skype call, I can see that you're uh, <laughs> you're camped out in Echo Base. I'm in Echo Base. Yeah. <laughs> Which I like it. I like it, man. Um, but before we jump into all that, it's uh, we got to talk about the news. We have something to report. It's a pleasure. I have good news. Data brought to us by the Bothan spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. We've actually got a lot of news this week. Nothing, uh, nothing too crazy significant from uh, from last week. Uh, but there's some some interesting stories that have popped up, uh, even just in the last few days. Today, in, in fact, I saw that uh, they announced the next, I guess, art book, storybook, legends book, not that kind of legends, um, for Star Wars Dark Legends. <laughs> not to be confused with those other Dark Legends. Uh, Star Wars Dark Legends. No. Um, there are no billboards for this one. It's uh, he, The artist Grant Griffin has revealed some uh Uh, art from the upcoming book it is a sequel in spirit to star wars myths and fables if you remember that 
um, which is this kind of cool concept of looking at, I don't know, a mythological history of Star Wars and and kind of a chance to revisit Star Wars history from an in-universe perspective, which they, they like doing these books. They like doing, like um, we had last week on the show, author Cole Horton, um, we were promoting his new book, Star Wars List, but his next one comes out in just like a month, and it's an in-universe Galaxy's Edge book, Guide to Galaxy's Edge, Traveler's Guide. Um, and it's kind of cool. I like that they were able to, that they've really focused on these. Did you, um, did you catch Myths and Fables, or is this the kind, is this up your alley, Scott? Um, it, it, it is up my alley, and but I admit to not having bought it yet. Uh, I've kind of been in a little bit of a slowdown here. Yeah, I've got. Uh, hang, <clears throat> hang on one second. I have. I have the wildlife the thing of Star I Wars. Now, in a studio, I'm in a studio where I have um, access to my li- my bookshelf behind me. I have monsters and aliens from George Lucas. Oh, there you go. I th- yeah, here it is. Uh, Myths and fables. I like the. Um, the format, it's got a hardcover publishing. This, I'm talking about myths and fables. It's got a hardcover format that is, and, and stick with me, guys, for, for the, I don't know, 5% of the audience who's going to get this reference. Um, but it reminds me of the book I got for my wife's birthday, which is Joanna Gaines' new cookbook. <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's this really glossy hardcover, but the actual yeah. binding around the side, and here I'll, uh, for the sake of the listener, I wish I could uh, show you guys video. I'll, I'll show Mr. Scott Reifen. The binding on the side here is this kind of soft cover material um, that's yeah. that, that's kind of more worn and, and worldly. Woven. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it kind of has a worldly Star Wars feel. So I kind of like that that they have it. Um, and and I've, I, I haven't always, read the whole book, but I, I really liked it. I had always thought that the look of it was kind of more like this. Yeah? Oh, okay, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Which is one of these storybooks can you see me at all uh i it, you flash it flashed in and out but echo base is sometimes it's, taking over in and out or, <laughs> yeah i'm gonna echo base is about to go the way of the dodo i can't <laughs> yeah hano <laughs> buddy you read me echo base is just overwhelming the transmission um but it also has the sort of feathered um feathered uh what do you call it pages a little bit okay yeah the empire okay, strikes back it, storybook it, now when you say feathered you mean like deckled edge yeah mm-hmm Oh, Deckle Edge is classy. Yeah, that's my favorite kind of uh, yeah, yeah, uh, page yeah. binding. But uh, oh yeah, it does. It's got a little Deckle Edge look yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it looks like a storybook to me. It always has. Yeah, that's, I, don't know why, I don't know why I brought that in there. Yeah, but it, it has. I, I just like the format of these sort of original paintings and tales of mythology. It's sort of a like mm-hmm. Saint George and the Dragon kind of look to the cover. Um, so it, it 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 pays homage to. Um, uh, a the architecture it, it's kind of galaxy's edge in its in its yeah. philosophy and i think lucasfilm's leaning more into this style of publishing they realize there's a lot to the role-playing aspect of fandom that doesn't just have to be in a game the idea of owning pieces of a library or paintings or collectibles that are part of a story which is both for like mm-hmm. the role-playing adult who likes that kind of game or experience but also i think for kids it's 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 more kid-friendly yeah. like the 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 pros it's it's very much like i would say a junior reader in its format you could probably if you it's had like a, a real, nine-year-old it would make great bedtime yeah. stories well it's not a real expensive book either it's like a 15 dollar book right I mean, it's uh, yeah this pricey. one 
Re- retailed at yeah seventeen ninety nine US. That's, yeah, full eighteen price. bucks. That's not bad at all for what you get. Yeah, and it and it, they kind of they their foundation for these kinds of publishing. The last time I do this, I promise. Uh, stand by. That's all right. You do. If you'd like me to sing while you're doing that, I will gladly hum a few bars of something exciting. I'm knocking down Funko Pops and it's uh-huh. it's like. I always like oh power of myth. Is that what you're about to hold I, up? There? That is exactly what I'm about yeah. to hold up. This yeah, is old school, 1998, 99. Um, yeah. It was a DK book that kind of linked a lot of uh, you know classic mythology, including I might add uh, bi- some, some biblical. No, <laughs> this is the show, guys. This is just us kind of going through our libraries. <laughs> Although mine is much much <laughs> mine pales in comparison to the to the Scots, but it it pieces together uh, parallels from Greek mythology and Roman mm. history and that sort of thing and compares the elements of story that appear in Star Wars. It's sort of a Joseph Campbell without, like, it's not about the overarching stereotypes and archetypes. It's more about, like, the visual parallels with history mm. and, and storytelling from different cultures and stuff that Star Wars pulls from. That's kind of what it reminded me of was the wildlife of Star Wars. Wait, book. that's a book? Yeah, it's an immersive. It's a coffee table. It's a scaly coffee table book. Oh size. wow, that's um, cool. And it's just it's a field guide. Literally, you just go through. It's oh, field guide. You go okay. through it. Lost you for a second there because of the the connection. Just field guide. Go through it. Oh, I've lost Riley. No, now we're back. Now we're back. Uh, sorry, you said field okay, bag. Kind of it has a um, kind of like like a bird species book or something. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just kind of got the wildlife of star Wars in and throughout it. And, uh, that's kind of what, uh, that myths and, and legends book reminds me of the myth and, and fables book reminds me of. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, color me I bought the myths and, and fables book and I'll probably buy this one too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and cause their price points pretty accessible. It's not like some of these other coffee table books, like the making of Star Wars or something where you're shelling out 60 bucks or like the art of clone wars book that I've been eyeing for forever. And I cannot find that sucker for less than like $150. Well, yeah, I think it was 35 new, but yeah, good luck now. Yeah. (sighs) Maybe I can, maybe I can sweet talk Matt rushing into it or something. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) So there it is. Uh, We'll have a link to it in the show notes. If you want to see, they have some really cool art. Um, They've got the one that jumped out to me is this blood moon. It's sort of a werewolf looking dude. Um. So yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. We'll um, we'll like I say, we'll have a link to it in the show notes as well. A uh, couple more stories. Let's talk about it. Um, talked about Star Wars Squadrons last week. They had the story trailer. Now they have the uh, gameplay trailer. Which Scott, have you seen either? Have you tracked? Yeah. Yes, they're beautiful. Right. I mean, they're gorgeous. Let me just take... I'm going to play a little excerpt of the trailer here. Take a take a Please. listen. Yeah. It's the definitive Star Wars pilot experience. Uh, come on, come on! You'll begin your career in a single-player story. Welcome to Titan Squadron. Where you'll play as two combat pilots, flying for both the Empire and the New Republic. You'll- so this is a... I mean dedicated space combat this is the first dedicated space combat star wars game that we've had in a long time i was gonna say this ain't x-wing no it is not but it kind of is in some ways it's just like for the modern era 
Um, yep. The price points, the big thing I saw last week, rumored for 40 bucks, which is a much more accessible than the... Um, than the exclude it it seems kind of and i'm not even saying this is a bad thing but sort of like a they had the engines and the partnership with motive let's get out a game this year even though there's not a movie um before we do our next big fallen order style title now the the thing is that the the trailer is gorgeous the graphics are gorgeous the the key art is gorgeous i mean this is just a good looking game yeah yeah i'm i'm excited and i think the the thing that i'm not even a gaming person and i'm even less so a flight sim but the fact that it has a story mode that is set right after return of the jedi that's i think what's going to suck me in um is just the ability to kind of get in that immediate post return of the jedi timeline visually because i mean i loved the um was a shattered empire comics i really loved those when they Mm -hmm. first came out uh that era right immediately post return of the jedi the fallout the crumbling. Of There's the a lot remnants. of people. A lot of people are are kind of craving that era too. I mean, it, a lot of people. Uh, it, it's got your big three are still kind of a unit. Yeah. Bad things haven't happened yet. Yeah, and the um, I like the other element we didn't really talk about last week is the the VR aspect of the game, where there will be a completely VR compatible version. So instead of just being the regular version where you kind of have the view of a cockpit and it has the actual instrument layout and that's what you use to reference. Um, that's the first element. The second one though, is you will be able to do it in full VR and basically be in a 3d cock, uh, cockpit, which I think is going to be, uh, they've had the technology for a while. They even had a version of space VR space combat for, I think battlefront two. But the Battlefront 2 flight controls were always way too sensitive for me and way too... I mean, honestly, like, it, it just wasn't... It was not a fun experience for someone who's not, like, a huge gamer. <laughs> like, that's yeah. just the honest to God truth. Hopefully, it's, this one's more accessible, but I guess we'll find out. Have you... Are, have, are you more encouraged? I, I've sort of seen this whole narrative shift for EA and Star Wars gaming since, since Fallen Order came out. No, I haven't. I... Um, uh... No, I I could actually barely hear what you said. But oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, I, but I guess my my point was that it seems that EA has been able to really just turn around their reputation with Star Wars mm-hmm. fandom in the Fallout since well, pun intended, since Fallen Order. And, and so there's there's this goodwill that's built up that I've seen where the response to this game is not nearly as skeptical skeptical as the Battlefront Two fiasco. No, you're right. You're very right. Uh, and, and I mean, I, like you mentioned with this one, now, you're kind of a non-gamer. I'm kind of a non-gamer. Um, but I, I kept hearing when Fallen Order came out, all of these people who consider themselves non-gamers really investing themselves in it. And this looks like a similar type thing. And, and really, that's what they've got to do. They've got to grow the brand. They've got to grow the gaming. Uh, they've got to make it fun for the gamers and for, for us uh, normies. Yes. Yes, exactly. Which I feel like the last title that did that really effectively was The Force Unleashed, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so um I'd like to see I'd like to see that again. Uh Fallen Order came close. It just wasn't 
uh, non-gamer friendly enough, as I've talked about many times on the show. But uh, yeah, Star Wars Rogue Squadrons. We'll link the actual full uh, footage in the in the notes because it's pretty interesting to see the different modes. My the one I'm most excited about is basically an ability to have a phased combat mission where you and five teammates can go through taking out fighters, then taking out guard ships, and then eventually taking out a capital ship in a series of uh, combat yeah. missions that's more goal oriented. Now that see that sounds pretty cool yes yeah all right uh star wars lego it's me i have to talk about it i'm sorry guys there's more lego sets um (laughs) they announced their 2020 lego uh, next phase of star wars lego sets and they include this is all purely visual again so really depend on the links for this guys but um 501st legion uh clone troopers and vehicle vehicles that they've got a set of a biker uh biker scout version of the 501st from revenge of the sith uh plus the scout walker they've got uh, an armored assault tank a droid armored assault tank with a so katano minifigure uh Mm. they're re-releasing a an updated anakin starfighter that set's always sold well i've noticed they've re-released that i think two different times (laughs) um general grievous invisible hand so Grievous is a fighter with a minifigure of Obi-Wan and Grievous, uh, which is pretty freaking cool. They're re-releasing an updated uh, AT-AT, Empire Strikes Back edition, and then doesn't stop there. They've got their sort of proverbial set piece, Death Star 2, to, uh, Death Star 2 Final Duel. Yeah, it's a good-looking set piece. That's, that's nice. Yes, uh, I love that one. And then... Um, the last three Knights of Ren transport ship, probably the least exciting one to me. Then it's the one just, I'm yeah, the design's not great. No, and I mean you barely see it in the film, so it, it it's yeah. it's the uh, it's the I don't remember the the sort of first order snow speeder from the Force Awakens. That's the first set I bought, and then I right before I watched the movie, and then you don't even see it except for like when Finn and Ray are just running in, and you see it in the background yeah. there for like half a second. So then you have the one I'm actually most excited about. Which, well, second most excited about. The Resistance ITS Transport Galaxy's Edge Edition. Uh, which, if you've uh, ridden Rise of the Resistance, which you have, Scott. Yes, I uh, have. You know exactly what this is. This yes. is the perfect intersection of my Disney and Star Wars fandom. This is one I'm going to get <laughs> and put on display. Uh, it's, a, it's a great design. It's uh, it's very uh, Tantive four looking. Mm-hmm. And... It holds great memories if you've done Rise of the Resistance. It is just, uh, it's one of the most remarkable parts of it because I remember getting into this ship at the ride, at the attraction, and and going, okay, here's what they're going to do. You go in this door, then you're going to go out the other door on the other side, and they're going to go, oh, you're somewhere else now. But then when they tell you to get out, you're actually going out the door you went in, Mm. and you're somewhere else. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> and, and that I, just completely wigs you out. I still don't know exactly how they did it. I have my theories, but I don't even want to know. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know, but so if you need to know, I'll tell you. But I, yeah, I still think it's the it's elevator technology, but I don't. That's nope. what I've heard people talk nope. about. Nope, nope, nope. 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 Mm. nope. Mm. Interesting. Nope. All right, all nope. right. It's a, on a giant rotating pad. I don't know. <laughs> yes, yes, it is actually the the inter the interior rotates. Ah. Uh, Gotcha. Which I, you know, I could see that. I could see that. Um, and then the last one, of course, Razorcrest Mandalorian. That's probably the set everybody's most excited about. It's the most instantly recognizable ship from the show. 
um, retailing at $130 with minifigures of uh, Baby Yoda, The Mandalorian, A Scout Trooper, IG-11, and Grief Cargo. So that's that's the mm. that's the hotness, mostly because of Baby Yoda. The hotness of Baby Yoda. Oh, <laughs> I've got some Baby Yoda for you today. Oh yeah, yeah. Boba's bounty, I'm guessing. <laughs> Maybe. 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 So, uh, do you have uh, one? Maybe I don't know if it's the um, the transport Razor Crest. Which one of these uh, jump out to you? I know you're not a huge Lego guy, but I, I just had to geek out about it for a second. But yeah, no. But I'm I'm kind of like you in that I love the Disney Park stuff. But 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 mm. Death Star Two. Oh yeah, I love a good playset. You know, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite Star Wars toys, and I don't own any, but one of my favorite Star Wars toys are the the old micro collection play sets. Yes, and I never bought the toys as a kid because the the figures weren't articulated, and that drove me nuts. Yes, and if Lando's pointing a blaster, Lando will always be pointing a blaster, and I hated that. But I loved the play sets. Mm. I loved. The way they looked, the functionality of them, the detail to them, and this reminds me of a micro collection playset. And I just know because I'm I'm friends with a lot of you guys who grew up in the original trilogy era. That like the Death Star playset, okay. <laughs> uh, the Death Star playset, um, and the Ewok Village playset were like two of the big uh, ones, um, which uh, is probably why that that Ewok Village Lego set is is on my bucket list. <laughs> Not even gonna lie. I got um, the Ewok Village playset, September twentieth, nineteen eighty three, the day our mall burned down. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, why well, you just have a really good memory? For, you must have really liked the set. And then, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was my birthday too, actually. But. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? There's one more piece of news. Uh, Ewan McGregor's back talking all things Obi Wan Kenobi, and we'll. Uh, We'll get to that right after this. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Uh, That's right. This episode of the Star Wars Report is sponsored. It's brought to you by... We're brought to you by... Isn't it nice to be brought to you by, Scott? I love being brought to you by... Brought to you by Fig Pins. Uh, They are in a premium a high-quality collectible pin company with the Star Wars license, the Disney. They actually have a ton of licenses, but they're sponsoring this episode, and I'm super happy to have them on board because they have this really cool limited-time promotion that they're doing as you're listening to this podcast, most likely, right now, uh, this weekend only, as you're listening to this. Uh, They have an exclusive Mandalorian, speaking of Mandalorian, um, deluxe set. And uh, what you want to do is go to starsreport.com slash pins starsreport.com slash pins and they are taking pre-orders this weekend just in time for father's day to collect your uh five gold plated that's right gold plated characters from season one of the mandalorian uh pre-orders open until well they're open right now until june 22nd at 5 p.m pacific time now scott as we started recording this podcast is right when the pre-order link went live, which, uh, so if you go right now, I'm challenging you to go to starsreport.com slash pins. And I want you to pick your favorite because I could not, I simply could not decide. So <laughs> starsreport.com slash pins, plural P I N S. Uh, and you can actually get nice individual pictures on each of these cause they look absolutely gorgeous. 
I, I mean, although I, if I'm going to pick one, I got to go for the classic, which is what Savannah immediately asked me when I told her that they were doing this. And that was that she, she's like, well, they got it. They're doing baby Yoda, right? Yes. Yes. There is a baby yes. Yoda gold plated pin. <laughs> Actually a monster baby Yoda. Yes. He's very, very large. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, it just looks absolutely beautiful though. Yeah. And they've got Quill, and they've got uh, Mandalorian. They've got uh, IG-11. If you had to pick one. Cara Doom. Uh, I mean, how can you not do Baby Yoda? How yeah. can you not? Yeah. I guess, are we supposed to call him the child, or are we getting in trouble if we call him Baby Yoda? That's, uh, come at me, bro. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not going to do it. Um, yeah, but here's the nice thing, is you get every single one of them, all five figures. The, that includes uh, IG-11, that includes Quill, of course, the Mandalorian, Baby Yoda, and you get this really cool Cara Dune. I, it's a side profile shot that I haven't seen before uh, for this yeah. for the Cara Dune figure, and you get also an extra logo pin, all in a really nice, high quality, museum quality case that they ship their pins in. So you can kind of take a look at the pictures and pre-order it right now until June twenty second. They are fulfilling all of those orders this one time, and then they're cutting it off. They're never making it again. So this is your one chance to get in wow. this weekend. StarWarsReport.com slash pins. And you can take a look at the beautiful, high-quality pins that they're producing at FigPins. StarWarsReport.com slash pins. Once again, StarWarsReport.com slash pins. This is the Star Wars Report Podcast. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. It's an... (laughs) Our, our little uh, our little drops are are empire themed this week. <laughs> Scott, uh, Ewan McGregor's yes. talking about stuff. Um, he was on Ace Universe, which I've never heard about, but it's a YouTube show, and he talks about. Well, let's just hear it from the horse's mouth. He talks about the Obi Wan series. Let's take a listen. I really, I really am. I think I'm probably it's probably true to say I'm more excited about playing Obi Wan again now than I was even the first time because. Because it's just because you live and learn, and the and and the more I, uh, the more I, I realize what I'm part of in a way. I think at the time when you're young and you, you know, I just sort of treated it like, yeah, it's just another movie like all the other ones I'm making. But now, with a bit of looking back on it, you can see what you're you're involved in something quite huge, you know, in the Star Wars. Um, the Star Wars, um, I don't like the word franchise, but the Star Wars sort of fable or legend or whatever <laughs> yes, you might call one. it. And so this time to go back and to play, to bridge that gap even more so between what I was trying to do in the first three films, playing a young version of Alec Guinness. Well, now I'm closer in age to Alec Guinness when he did the first one. I mean, still not really nearly as old as he is, but was. <laughs> but, um, no, no. Pretty close. But I'm closer. And so... I think it'll be really it'll be really interesting now to do that to go through that experience again and to start watching Alec Guinness's I, I spent a lot of time watching his early work because I was playing him as a you know 20 year old guy so I watched as many films as I could see of Alec Guinness when he was in his 20s and now I'll have to watch Alec Guinness's work when he's in his 40s 50s <laughs> and um and uh, that, that I'm really looking forward to and to try and find our Obi-Wan Kenobi now. So there he is. He seems pretty hyped. Yeah, he seems excited. And I'm glad to see it. I mean, he you know, a couple of times he threw out some little derogatory things during the prequel trilogy. Mm. Kind of went, eh, really? 
Famously, he he was uh, at a premiere of one of his other films, and and someone in the press line uh, got his live reaction to the just announced title for Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. and he just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a shame because it's such a Star Wars title. It is, it is, but it, it kind of he's he's almost he's pretty directly admitting it's like yeah, I just didn't take it that seriously. It was just another it's a fun movie. I was running around throwing around lightsaber. He didn't really understand what he was a part of. Because he was never, he, he, I guess he, you know, he probably just wasn't part of the original Star Wars generation, so he just didn't have that, I guess, perspective or weight. But that's okay. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's a year younger than I am. I was part of that generation. I would think he'd be part of part of a that's part tr- of it. That's true. I, I mean, uh, I guess maybe I, I'm wrong. I, and yeah, and he, and, he, and he had then he had Dennis Lawson in the family. True. True. Although Dennis Lawson famously grumpy later in life about uh, <laughs> his yes. role. Yes. Although he did come back for uh, thank goodness for Rise oh, of Skywalker. I mean, that was the the people pleasing spectacular is what that was. <laughs> yeah. that well, was. That was Oprah yelling, "You get a car, and you get a car, and you get a car." Yep. You get a spaceship. You get a spaceship. <laughs> uh yeah i I, uh, that's still what it makes i i giggle with delight every time i watch the end of rise of skywalker because just there are just so many here's one for you and here's one for you and you get this one it is it is very much it is and i it's like return of the return of the jedi was that way it was the the crowd pleaser yeah a lot of there was criticism at the time even you know perfect example harrison ford like hey no we need like we need weight sacrifice death sobriety um, oh, I remember um, Sci-Fi Universe magazine did a uh, an article called uh, uh, "99 Reasons Why We Hate Return of the Jedi but Love Star Wars," <laughs> and I remember sitting down with a notepad and writing a rebuttal to every single one of the reasons. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. I love it. I love it. Well, uh, let's move back a couple years and not talk about Return of the Jedi but Empire because we. Um, it is the 40th anniversary year. It was going to really probably be the theme of celebration. Of course, now it's uh, it's the big 10th anniversary for Attack of the Clones. Don't forget. I hope Disney really plays it up. 20th. I want... I want I said, did I say 10th? Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Has it been that long? No time's passing. Oh, my I'm gosh. Jeez. Oh, I'm old. Um, <laughs> but, yes, um, you are. <laughs> but on the so for empire i actually i really enjoyed uh, no, i'll plug it right here you uh jimmy mack uh steve glosson i think shaz bazaar right yes uh yeah. you guys all uh hung out and did like a pretty fun commentary conversation about the about the empire strikes back watched the movies kind of a watch party slash commentary and i really enjoyed the podcast and i thought i would kind of do a segment with you here and kind of condense down especially reflecting on the 40th anniversary some of your favorite elements of the film because i've never actually i mean i've talked plenty of star wars with you but i don't think i've ever really had the chance to to like get your top few so i hope you're ready i have actually i've, I've right here on my piece of paper i've jotted down some empire specific questions that i wanted to hit you with okay. mr scott rifen if you're ready okay yes absolutely let's do it all right uh favorite character in empire strikes back darth vader oh interesting why no nope. well, uh for one thing i always loved the look mm. i loved the voice i loved particularly in empire strikes back this complete remorselessness with which he just did evil things 
And I thought, this is, this is, mm. I mean, he did bad things in the first film. Yeah. It blew, you know, but he didn't give the order to blow up all And he was just kind of there. He was a henchman, but here he is just, he is leading the charge, doing very awful, terrible things and doesn't seem to show any regret whatsoever. And it just, that fascinated me. The look fascinated me. The sounds fascinated me. The voice fascinated me. And the other thing that fascinated me and I, and, and I, you know, I'm in the somewhat of the entertainment industry myself, um, I think radio, we often call ourselves the armpit of the entertainment industry. But um, one of the things that always fascinated me was the reaction. And when I saw Empire Strikes Back that first day, uh, they gave everybody who went into the theater a poster. And it was this Boris Vallejo poster with Vader holding two sabers crossed over his head. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous poster. And uh, everybody who walked in got one. Well, the first time Vader shows up on screen, half the people in the theater lost their posters because they all threw them at the screen. <laughs> I mean, they were booing, they were throwing popcorn, they were throwing their posters, and every time a scene would come where they would show Vader, they would, the crowd would just erupt with this this visceral reaction. And and so it, it always fascinated me that Vader could stir up so many emotions and so much of a reaction. You know, it's like pro wrestling. Everybody loves the bad guy. Is this a product? Legit question. I've always wondered this, and I think you would, yeah. if anyone, have the answer. Is this a product of the time of the blockbuster era that S- Steven Spielberg ushered in with Jaws, like the idea of a big audience reaction? Did did people react to movies that way, or was this Absolutely. brand new? Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, people did overall, but at this particular, I mean, this was this was next level. Yeah. And uh, yeah, people people were literally cheering, booing. You know, laughing together, high fiving each other throughout the whole thing, and it just, it, yeah, it was, it was a big community experience. It always kills me when I see a movie that so moves an audience that they start clapping because I always go, you know, there's nobody here to hear that, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. nobody who made this movie is actually listening to you clap, so you're not really doing any good. But, but uh, yeah, this was this was part of that era where people just, it was like a concert. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, short version of all that is I I really love Darth Vader. No, that's a, that's a great him. choice, and like I, it's a great illustration of the impact the character had because I, that I have the only experience I've had with anything like that has been uh, what I think is the resurgence of the summer blockbuster that came as a result of the Marvel franchise, um, yes, which ushered in Force Awakens, and Force Awakens had a similar vibe um that that when i when i saw it opening weekend but but it it's true it's just this um communal thing and i think the fact that you had the weight of impact and i don't know the weight of um the legacy of the first film already that had just been such a smash hit i can see that do you all right so uh number two do you have a favorite scene in empire Ooh, uh i i have a couple can i can i do a couple uh, you, yes, you you can do um, runners up, but you got to pick one. You can change your mind. Oh <laughs> no, I got to pick one. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I, I okay. My nominees are the the ad ad attack. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's love the ad ad attack. Loved 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 it. Loved as a kid. Still love it now. Uh, love the music. John Williams. I mean, you don't get a lot of piano. No. In uh, in in the Star Wars saga musically, but you do in that, and it makes sense because I mean, what are you doing? Because they're banging on that piano, right? so and and that to me it sounds like it's a great 
like audio analog for the sound of the of the paws of that walker slamming down on the snow you know so i love that i I love you know luke having to do these things on his own i love the harpoon and tow cables um so that's that's one uh the lightsaber battle the lightsaber battle is huge luke vader a huge reveal at the end um i love that scene and then i love i love the prison scene where they're in the they're, they're in the cell and it starts with Chewie and 3PO and then, you know, Leia gets thrown in, Lando, uh, Solo gets thrown in, mm. uh, Lando comes in and there's just, there's just a whole, but there, it, it's like Empire Strikes Back as a movie. It's kind of an encapsulation of the movie because uh, it's, it's dark. You know, everybody is at their worst in this, in this scene, but at the same time, there's a lot of funny stuff. You know, like Chewie putting three PO's head on backwards. Mm, uh, there's still yep. humor. There's still light to be found there. Um, so those, those would be my big three. I think of them all. I think you have to you have to do the lightsaber fight. You have to do the mm. lightsaber battle. Yeah. It, it's 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 so heavy. It's so involving. It's so uh, breathtaking. It's so emotional. Uh, um, it's so powerful musically, visually. Uh, Mark Hamill. I, I I've never understood why that guy gets grief as an actor, because he what played Luke Skywalker, played him to a T. Yeah, uh, and and his his reactions in that thing are just oh they're they're just amazing. I I I love and the other thing is I got the Marvel Super Special the night before I went to see the movie. Yeah, and so I read the comic book the night before, and one of the things that happens and Jimmy Jimmy and I have talked about this before and he mentioned it before I got a chance to in that podcast you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the comic book version, they say, oh, and the, you know, they're going through the fight and they say, and he, and he slices, he slashes Luke's sword arm. Mm-hmm. And the illustration shows the lightsaber flying away, but the, the hand's not attached to it. Yeah. So I go, okay, well, he knocked, he knocked the saber out of his hand. Big deal. And then I see the movie and Vader lop, lops that hand off with the saber. And nine-year-old me freaked out. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. even though I knew it was coming, I didn't know that was coming. Yeah, and, and that's you got sort of your own unique version of the of the surprise, which I like. It was still surprising. Yeah, even though um, yeah, it was. <laughs> even though you didn't know. Uh, that's that's amazing. Well, and of those three, because you you mentioned um, the Battle of Hoth, the Carbon Freezing Chamber, like iconic moments. But it's just interesting that yeah. the one you picked is the only one that really changed that much. Because um, again, this is I'm gonna this is my little little aside I'm gonna do not not too in depth, but um, as I was reading the secret history of Star Wars, um, available on Audible if you go to audibletrial.com/slash/starwarsreport. Yes. But anyway, as I was reading it, um, the section on Empire, unlike A New Hope, had a very um, kind of linear uh, process for the script writing. Whereas yeah. A New Hope had different treatments, it was a little all over the place, and you know some versions looked at like exactly like Hidden Fortress, and other versions, you know, more of a mishmash of Buck Rogers kind of deal. The um, the Empire Empire structure formed over the course of a bunch of story conferences, um, where George Lucas brought in author Lee Brackett, and they went back and forth. They conference, they went through really the whole structure of the movie was planned, and then uh, he had his first outline and passed that to Lee Brackett, who did her draft. And uh, he Lucas got got it back. There were parts he didn't like, um, but 
that was really the main structure of the film was in place as of those conferences and that draft. They they did a lot of polishing, upgrading, p- switching around which characters did what a little bit here and there. But like the overall structure plot of the film, the opening, the Hoth battle, the asteroid chase, like all that stuff was there except the uh, Vader father scene. The reveal. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was literally between uh, Lucas's uh, first and second draft where he merged the two characters of what was Father Skywalker in the previous draft where there were two Force ghosts and you had Ben Kenobi and Father Skywalker and he made Father Skywalker um, really just because he wanted to consolidate and make it a little bit less messy of a film. That's how he brought in the idea of Vader being Luke's father. And it's really, you never, I, growing up watching the films, I immediately, I remember watching the Revenge of the Sith trailer. There's like, but over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights are the guardians of peace and justice, the old Republic. You know, right? And I, it's literally that scene with Obi-Wan, and I'm immediately relating it to Anakin, a.k.a. Darth Vader. Like, that's how I perceived it coming into the saga for the first time. Little did I know, um, coming into Star Wars, that that was something that Lucas would merge, uh, you know, at the beginning of 1978. Um, and it's really interesting yep. to think of... He was lucky enough because he had the archetypes in mind that the figure of Anakin Skywalker, the father Skywalker figure, and Darth Vader were both vague enough and ominous enough. There didn't have to be a a great detailed backstory when when Star Wars came out, but that allowed him to bring those two threads to make Star Wars what it is today. And those those threads, that's what kind of gave way of the story of the Clone Wars also. All in that kind of one change is what turned Star Wars from this serial sci-fi fantasy adventure uh, in the vein of Flash Gordon to this big family drama uh, Skywalker saga. And that's why I, I love that. It shows a level of brilliance for George. I, it's, it's written kind of in the book as like, well, it's really, it's really just convenient. He just needed to merge the two characters and it was, there you go. Made it simple. And like my take of it is like, it's, that's, that's a pretty brilliant epiphany because that's the genesis of what the movie became. So it's funny that that should be your fa- favorite ca- uh, scene. Cause I think it perfectly illustrates George's, input into the movie because we all know empire is a masterpiece for an incredible creative collaboration of a lot of people that made it that film what it is today but that moment right out of the mind of george lucas speaking of which did you do you have the star wars vault you know i do not i wish i did Hmm. one of the things they have they have a lot of reproductions in the book and one of the things they have is a reproduction of the first four pages this reminded me when you said that uh, the first four pages of Lucas's handwritten treatment for Empire Strikes Back. Ah, wow! Mm, I want it. It's really neat. Wars, yeah, I, it's really well, the whole the whole book is really cool. Well, and you know my 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 recent phase that has been all this stuff. Like I'm recently getting all the the J.W. Rensselaer books, all the behind <laughs> the scenes books. I got the storyboards book, um, Power of Myth. I need to get the annotated screenplays. Um, and I'm just kind of building mm-hmm. that collection as well. So, you know what? I, w- I could I could talk about Empire forever, but I think that's a great way to leave off this episode of the Star Wars Report <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Um, 
Man, had a great time, Scott. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Uh, tell the good people where they can find oh, you. Thanks and, for inviting me. Yeah, as always, tell tell us about uh, my Star Wars story. And you know what? Why not? Um, we'll plug uh, that episode, recent episode of Geek Out. I think it's the most recent episode of uh, Geek Out Loud that you guys talked uh, Empire in depth. It, it may well be. It was a lot of fun. Whatever episode it was, one of the one of the highlights of my podcasting life. Um, but yeah, my Star Wars story. Uh, there, it's been a little while since there's been an episode, but I have one recorded. I just have to edit it up. It will feature the magnificent, and I really mean that as a human being, Adam Bray. Oh, love that guy. I yeah. Oh, I didn't wait, 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 really quickly. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Before we, I know we're getting out of here, but uh, I didn't Boba's bounty you. Oh, that's right. And, All right and let you me need make to it. See this. Let me make it official. I'll. I'll uh, we'll. We'll make this a, a real <laughs> life. <laughs> we gotta go. Worth a lot to me. As you wish. Okay, now we go. It, I know, okay, if you, you especially know my, if the guest has one that you're ready to go, uh, we got to yes. do it. My uh, my buddy Ryan uh, is a customizer. He makes custom action figures. In fact, has made a number of them for Steve Sansweet at Sansweet's request. Um, he made this, and I don't know. Hang on, uh, I gotta get center, there. Oh, it is a three and three quarter scale Baby Yoda. I'm looking at it. It's beautiful, stunning. I mean, just absolutely amazing carved it from scratch painted um and he's made uh, a few of them for some select friend uh here it is to scale with a an original this is my mail order boba fett so oh wow that looks yeah see. it's perfect he could very well yeah. be the mandalorian yeah it's perfect three three perfect three and three quarter scale it's a gorgeous thing uh it's really a masterpiece of work of art he's uh he's a very talented guy and i was lucky that he gave that to me oh that's awesome <laughs> that's awesome i love it i love it well uh i i, I don't suppose his services are, are rendered anywhere on the on the internet are they he's got an etsy store uh, or something no he doesn't he doesn't no uh-huh. he just kind of he just kind of does it yeah well that way it, you know it's special that's then. the goofy thing yeah yeah exactly yeah uh well it's of course at rifen on twitter we'll have links to uh, everything we mentioned in the show uh there you can also follow the show it's at star wars report uh on twitter facebook.com slash star wars report big shout out and thank you to fig pins for sponsoring this episode go to star slash pins p-i-n-s star slash pins uh this weekend only to get in on their limited pre-order of that deluxe mandalorian box set uh, you got to take a look at those pictures they're absolutely beautiful so big thanks to our sponsor for the episode you can also find me on twitter i'm at the riley guy same thing for instagram great place to find me email the show star wars report at gmail.com and if you enjoy the show uh you can really you can support it in one of two ways one is to spread the word great way to do that is through uh the apple podcast app or stitcher whatever your podcatcher of choice is leave us a rating and review we really do appreciate that or uh, just pass on the show to a friend if you know any star wars fans uh make sure you let them know about the star wars report uh number two you can go over to patreon.com slash star wars report where we're releasing all kinds of awesome bonus content weekly rogue transmissions uh this week an excerpt on my favorite film empire strikes back and how that's changed over the years. Uh, it's an excerpt from my guest appearance on the 501st Chill Zone podcast. So you can t- t- take a listen to that. And then we'll have an upcoming uh, audio of our Both and High Council roundtable 
where we talk all things celebration. We lament. We have our lamentations for the end of celebration and reminisce some there. So a lot of cool bonus content at Rogue Transmissions level. And uh, there's some other really cool uh, Patreon tiers that you can check out and support the show directly. Patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Until next time, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. You gotta do the Empire credits. <laughs> I always like how the Empire credits cut to the theme earlier. They don't go through like the whole main theme, like the all the other end credits do. Fun times. Uh, Scott, I know it's a little rough to a little rough to hear me there. I could kind of tell it was breaking up, but you played along nicely.